Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. All right, uh, we are locked and loaded, ready for another episode of the Georgia Podcast. Rich Casanova alongside my co-host here, Artie Rudiman, is in the studio. Also joining us, uh, we have three rock stars here. Man, uh, I can't believe we got all these guys in the same room at the same time. Uh, a returning guest, uh, Roop, is joining us from the Intuit Factory. Roop, tell us a little teaser before we uh, come back to you in our second segment. What are you going to be uh, sharing? What are you going to be dropping on us today? It's great to be here again. Thank you for having me. This is an exciting times for blockchain space and the crypto space. And we'll be talking a lot more about blockchain education, blockchain strategy for business leaders, how to really take charge of the trends that are happening now and create a new venture for yourself, create waves in this space. And we're going to be hearing about your uh, TEDx talk as well as you have an event coming up uh, here in Atlanta end of July. So um, stay tuned for that announcement. But they would find you online where? What's the website again? It's intuitfactory.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. All right, stay tuned for that interview coming up here in in the next segment. Uh, Joining us first in the studio is a couple of uh, rock star, millionaire, millennials, blockchain billionaires, whatever you want to call these dudes. All right, uh, it's Zach Hoffmeister and John... Yeah, take a shot. <laughs> Granovsky. 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 Close enough. Yeah. I still can't say it. I've known him You've for like four years. I've been out for four years, yeah. yeah. Can we just call you John? Yeah. Sure. Should be Jack, though. Then it'd be Zach and Jack, yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's the, that's the show right there, yeah. That's a show. Finally, yeah. How long have you been hanging around? You never thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so, um, all right, so uh, we're going to be hearing from uh, John in a minute. John, um, you obtained your MBA from Robinson College of Business 2017, began trading cryptocurrency um, soon after, and uh, y'all met, as you mentioned, about four years ago. Um, so, John, how did y'all meet? Yeah, so Zach and I were Was both- it in a chat room or- um, <laughs> I don't do they do that anymore? No, yeah. Whatever that's, happens in the chat room, it stays in the chat. Yeah. Usually stays in the chat room. Yeah, that's a different podcast, okay. Rich. <laughs> All right, thank you. Yeah. No, Zach and I met in very professional, above the line scenario. Thank you very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll edit out the chat room later. Yeah. Cool. We were both uh, MBA students at Robinson College of Business at Georgia State here in Buckhead. And Zach, Zach and I, uh, we started it was a, a two year program. And 2015 to 2017, towards the probably to early to mid 2017, I noticed Zach during class spending less and less time looking at the teacher and more and more time looking at charts, financial charts on his computer. And me being inquisitive, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> what's the deal? And Zach really was instrumental in introducing me to cryptocurrency. Zach, and I had a few other friends simultaneously that started talking to me about this space. Um, but seeing, and Zach's a smart dude, seeing how engrossed he was in <laughs> He's nodding in his space. head and rolling his yeah. eyes, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I started, we started meeting after class and on weekends, and I started following some of his trades, and, and again, he was really instrumental in getting 
me into this space. So I will be changing, you know, legally changing my name uh, probably to, to Jack, <laughs> to Jack uh, exactly. here in the next year uh, for the follow-up <laughs> book. Nice. Um, and speaking of books, so that's a lot of, uh, where the tie ends. Great segue. So as we mentioned, Zach in the studio um, uh, met Jack or John, as we like to call him. But uh, they co-authored this book along with Tim uh, Suggs called The Millionaire Millennials, Beginner's Guide to Investing in Cryptocurrency. It highlights two Georgia State uh, grads, uh, oft, often suspenseful stories and pitfalls in the, and the glory of cryptocurrency investment. So, uh, so Zach, welcome to the studio. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me, Rich. Um, yeah, the book we actually put together to share our stories so people could learn from our mistakes, which were quite plentiful. <laughs> um, uh, during the surge in December 2017, right. we were able to turn a smaller amount of money into a very large amount of money. Wow. And that's essentially what the book is going to walk you through. Nice. And so um, what keeps you occupied uh, these days? What's... Um, uh, what do you do on a, what's the day in the life look like for Zach? Yeah. Yeah. So actually I have a little passion project right now where okay. I reviewed over um, a thousand cryptocurrencies. Wow. There's that many through. like different. There's uh, quite a few out there. There's a lot more than that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a, a, a broad overview of each one and then I put them in an Excel sheet for a ranking system. So you could actually go ahead and filter in a very dynamic way, certain attributes you think are important, like Twitter followers and what right. kind of sector they're in. Um, so that's been my time for the past you know, three or four months. Let's rewind for a second for um, those folks that probably have heard of cryptocurrency or blockchain. What's the easiest explanation you have for that? Actually, I'll have you all talk about cryptocurrency. I'll have Rube talk about blockchain here in a second. Yeah. So how do you explain block? I mean, the cryptocurrency. What is it and what is not? Uh, so there's a, there's certain sectors or segments within the currency. Look at it as software. So the blockchain itself is just a, uh, a way to um, decentralize and um, categorize data okay. um, that's accessible for people that are necessarily not into it. So they can step in. It's open source, and they can access this data in these different platforms. The altcoins, the cryptocurrencies out there, there's several platforms where mm-hmm. you can build on top of as a developer. Um, but they're targeting certain sectors like gaming or it could just be business in general. Um, and then you also have sen- uh, securitized tokens out there that are going to represent physical items in the real world or future uh, payments or something along those lines. Right. Um, then you have actual currency, um, which is going to be acting as a, a traditional fiat currencies out there. And then lastly, you have access tokens where you can access someone's software with this altcoin. Really? Uh, so those are the four main kind of topics of how it's broken down for the market. And y'all have been uh, riding this wave here for a minute, as they, as the kids say these days. Um, so uh, what, what, uh, so where do you see what, where it's at now? And uh, what are we looking at in the next five years or, or can anybody predict, is this something that's going to, cause there's a lot of um, technology or new uh, entities come into the marketplace. And early on, they don't really, they kind of catch a little bit of wave. They sit idle for a while. I mean, podcasting is a, is a perfect example of that, right? This isn't new technology. And not only the technology, but, uh, the, you know, being able to record and so forth goes back to like 2007 or beyond, right? As far as on, on this type of platform, you know, uh, as far as the, you know, the, uh, the combination of broadcasting and, you know, podcasting that came along. But it's really just surged in the last few years. Do you see that 
in block in uh, cryptocurrency. So I'm a I'm a huge enthusiast of the space. So I'm going to let John say the disclaimer here. Okay. When I start talking about it, you're going to put all your money into it. <laughs> not a John. He'll financial tell you, he'll tell you not advice. <laughs> so good cop, bad cop is what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a better fit because I mean, obviously, if you have success in the space, you're you're going to be quite enthusiastic about it. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of people who've lost a lot of money, right, especially yeah. in the past year yeah. in this space as well. Um, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think uh, I think that you know, Bitcoin is not the first cryptocurrency. There have been other cryptocurrencies that have failed in the past, and it's right. it Bitcoin. I think, and this is my personal opinion, but it really has weathered the storm. Right. Um, the fact that we've gotten through all these bull and bear markets, we've gotten through huge issues, the Mt. Gox hack. Um, you know, the, the crazy loss that people took, all the regulations starting to come out, different countries banning it, and yet it's still here. And, you know, even these past couple of days, it's, it's been surging. I think Bitcoin, just as a brand, has proven itself. Right. Um, but to take a step back, and I'll, I'll let Roop talk about blockchain, because that's his, yeah, obviously yeah. his area of expertise. But and just taking a step back and thinking about Bitcoin just as a currency or as a store of value and why it has value. This is probably the question, and Zach, I don't know about you, but I get this question a whole lot, is what gives Bitcoin value? Like, who cares, right? Um, what gives, but, you know, the, the obviously the corollary question is what gives anything value? What gives money value? And it's it's demand for it. gives it, Bitcoin has value because people say it has value. Um, there are certain aspects of Bitcoin that, you know, the fact that it's scarce, that it's fungible, it's really the first way that we've had to transfer wealth digitally straight from one person to another without having to go through a third-party intermediary. And, you know, I can unpack that, but it, it, Bitcoin is a new paradigm for being able to send value in a digital world from one person to another, no matter where that person is located in the world. And again, I think you know, Bitcoin as a brand has, I think it's proven itself. And then to me that that's an extremely uh, bullish indicator that, that it's survived all of the storms up to this point. Yeah. Um, And so it is the thing, it's a currency, right? So why is it valuable? John touched on this. People say it has value. They believe it has value. People will trade a Ferrari for X amount of Bitcoin. It's the same thing as cash. It's the same thing as the U S dollar and any other fiat. So it has lasting power. Now, the popularity of cryptocurrency, not just Bitcoin, but Bitcoin seems to be the scotch tape brand, if you will, of cryptocurrencies right now. Xerox. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, it is driven by technology, and technology gives connectivity, and connectivity allows just about anyone to get involved. Now, uh, a lot of interest developed, as you mentioned, during 2017 when it surged, and Uh, A lot of individuals want to get into it, and a lot of investment houses started investment strategies in cryptocurrencies. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so there's actually a lot of small funds that were created, um, and people were putting money into them, and they were chasing um, through a fund manager, investing within probably large caps at that point, especially in December. Um, Then you saw those funds essentially go away in 2018 Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, Those were individual kind of funds. They were not like institutional investors. So you're not looking at your larger banks of the world. Um, That's the change this year. So last year they were in the space kind of a little bit by investing in like Ethereum, et cetera. Um, But they started buying Bitcoin themselves through the OTC markets. 
so they could turn around and sell it to you and your 401k later. Um, that's essentially what Fidelity announced uh, two months ago or a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So has that re-energized the, the cryptocurrency market, that investment firms are using it as a investment strategy? Yeah, so they're actually planning to use it as an investment strategy. So what they're going to do um, once they go live on their products, their different funds, ETFs, um, and investment uh, mechanisms, that actually, that expectation has revived what, lows of 3,300 this year to highs of 13.6. Wow, 13.8 yesterday. 13.8 yesterday. yesterday. Um, What's it, 11.6 now or something that really dived down? It corrected. Don't be afraid of the corrections in a bull run, right? So you're consistently going up. Look at the long-term trends. Um, Last year was um, bearish the entire year. That's when you lose money. This is the year you start winning back your cash. All right, guys, let's uh, bring uh, Roop into the conversation. Beforehand, how would they they contact you guys? What's a... WWW for y'all. They can reach out to John's personal cell <laughs> three. <laughs> exactly. And and uh, Zach's social security number is yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's on the blockchain, so no worries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we do have a Twitter account. Okay. It's probably the best way to go through MMS Crypto. So yep, MMS Crypto, and then our book that we wrote, and we could talk a little bit more about that later. But our yeah. book that we wrote is available on Amazon, paperback and Kindle, called The Millionaire Millennials. Uh, but yeah, Instagram and Twitter, MMS Crypto. It's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us. Perfect. All right, awesome, guys. Um, so we're going to bring it back in a roundtable here in a second, but uh, let's bring uh, Roop back into the conversation here. So, Roop, uh, what do you think so far? Oh, these are exciting times. The way I look at crypto and blockchain, they obviously have common origins. But to me, they both have linked trajectories but distinct destinies. So what that means is that blockchain itself, as an underlying foundational technology, has a lot more use cases, a lot more impactful areas where it's going to disrupt a lot of industries and crypto and payments being one such area. And if you think that this is exciting time for crypto, just wait what blochain can do for you. That's that's a slogan somebody else has, whatever <laughs> what blockchain can do for you. <laughs> can you say that again? You, yeah. said, you said linked uh, backgrounds but distinct destinies. Right. So they I have like common that. origins. Mm-hmm. To me, they have linked trajectories but distinct destinies. I like that. That's awesome, whatever, yeah. That's I wish cool. I would have thought of that, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the question came up earlier, just for our viewers, let's... Let's settle this uh, once for all. What is blockchain? I get asked that quite often. So blockchain to me is a cryptographically secured ledger. It's a distributed ledger with a shared state. So I'll say that again. It's a cryptographically secured distributed ledger with a shared state. What that means is all the participants that are sharing data on this particular ledger are sharing the state of the data. There is no question or doubt what the state of the data is. If we had transactions here between the five people here, at any moment of time, we can look at the shared state of the ledger and all agree that this is the truth. This is the set of transactions that we all believe to be true. And on top of it, what enables is is cryptography. So in simple terms, blockchain, the advent of blockchain was the combination of cryptography with the uh, distributed computing and and transparency is the key one of the key uh principles right right so if you go back to the definition since it's a shared state of the ledger between us five people here in the room we don't have to 
reconcile data. So let's say today you sent me 20 units and I sent uh, Jack uh, uh, 20 units and I sent John 20 units and I sent Zach 50 units. And then Artie comes along and says, well, what's the state of the ledger? He could just go and view that ledger without us having to reconcile our individual ledgers. So in certain ways, it's much more effective in terms of business process efficiency. Uh, if you look at the transaction cost we spend in maintaining a set of databases today in any kind of business, most businesses run on set of databases and between supply chain partners, what they end up doing is reconciling the data back and forth over and over again, every day, every week, every month, every year. And imagine the amount of time, effort, resources, energy, people that we spend on just that reconciliation. So blockchain takes away that need and it creates a much more efficient, much more effective business process. All right, just want to remind our listeners, you're listening to the Georgia Podcast here on the Pro Business Channel Studios here in Buckhead. And uh, also, uh, as you, if you've been listening, it's all about blockchain and cryptocurrency here today. And so, um, so Roop, let's uh, switch gears. We're going to come back to the roundtable about lock- blockchain and cryptocurrency. I'm intrigued. I watched the video of your TEDx uh, presentation, and the topic was very compelling as well, about this whole idea of who owns your digital identity. Right. So give us the um, the Cliff's Notes version of the TEDx 10-minute in 17 seconds or less. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> so think about it. Who owns your digital identity? You created it. It's yours. You generate the data. It, it, it is really about you, the data, or it is generated by you. But who actually owns it? So when we start exploring that question, we'll come to the understanding that a lot of companies have developed um, – platforms that allow data to be shared, but us, the users, don't actually own it. And then those companies are not able to keep that data secure and safe. So they not only acquired our data, but they're not able to keep it safe um, from bad actors. So what's the way out? I mean, if you look at recently, last four or five years, the number of hacks, you know, Equifax and compromises at Facebook, uh, or a very recent one at Quest Diagnostics, which which is, you know, quite small in scale. But if you look at the Marriott hack um, earlier, I mean, that's the, what, uh, and uh, in some cases, they had to um, give them new passports. Their passports were compromised. So think about the impact of your own identity in your life. And then you look at the model that companies used to store it. I think that must change. There has to be a way that we can do this better. And I believe blockchain-based platforms will be the way to secure identity data going further. And in the talk, uh, I go through a little bit of a demo um, taking a risk to explain blockchain in terms of uh, Lego blocks, um, and hope you enjoy watching that. Roop, um, well, this is uh, Artie Ruderman, a co-host on the show today, and uh, I do want to get to uh, your upcoming executive education three-day program, Blockchain Strategy for Business Leaders, but I have a question for you first, and you mm-hmm. alluded it to something that you said in the very beginning about what blockchain can do for you. Mm-hmm. So, I understand the connection of blockchain with cryptocurrency, and I think mainstream, that's probably most people's consensus of what they know about blockchain. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what blockchain can do for you? (laughs) 
Well, a lot of things. So if you start looking, blockchain is disrupting a number of industries, over 50 industries. So it has applications in healthcare, in uh, real estate, in supply chain, in gaming, in advertising, in um, any industry you could think of, any kind of media industry. Um, in fact, I just, I just had a deja vu talking about this with you guys last time. We said, hey, you guys have so much content. Maybe you should put it up on the blockchain. You remember that? Which, yeah, that was the last time I was here. So blockchain, if, here are a few predictions, and maybe these will help you understand the impact of it. So a lot of times these technologies are sort of behind the scenes under the hood, and we as consumers don't really pay attention. I mean, today you'd share pictures and videos um, and even this podcast on the Internet. You don't pay attention to how the Internet works or, or how it evolved to what it is today. Right, so in a similar way, blockchain is going to evolve, and it is it'll be the underlying layer to share any data. That's prediction number one. Prediction number two is that blockchain uh, will enable payments, and fifty percent of world's payments, be it retail payments or trade finance payments, which are really high volume payments, will be on some kind of a crypto based asset. I'm not naming which one, but some kind of a crypto-based asset. And I believe that'll happen under 10 years. So we're in 2019. Before 2030 comes about us, 50% of world's payments will be on some form of crypto assets. Not because I like it or, or I want it to happen, just because it's a superior technology than what we use today. And number three, the prediction number three, all kind of intellectual property or anything that needs ownership. So your car, your your house, um, any kind of commercial real estate, any kind of um, critical asset that you may own, let's say diamonds, uh, all that ownership will be proven through a blockchain-based platform. So we've already seen examples of uh, land titles being uh, put on the blockchain and, and cities and, and states uh, looking to use that. Uh, we'll see uh, driver's licenses. Uh, we'll see any kind of IDs that we have globally come on a blockchain platform. So eventually anything that requires ownership will be on a blockchain-enabled platform. So three areas, uh, payments um, and any kind of intellectual uh, property ownership uh, and any kind of data sharing uh, where it gives consent to the user to own the data while the participants are still able to share the data. Well, very concisely, if you could, because I, I do want you to, to um, talk about your executive education program, blockchain strategy for business leaders. Um, but what is the advantage that we would all of a sudden move into using blockchain for all of the um, processes you just talked about, payments, et cetera? So if you can just give us a concise answer to that, and then we'll talk about the seminar. Yeah, being concise has never been my uh, forte. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I teach a program that's three days long. So if you think about it, and there are different advantages or benefits depending on which process you're looking at, but eventually we are looking for things to get faster, simpler, better for the consumer and more secure. And let's add the idea of consent or ownership. I should be able to consent to sharing what is organically or naturally my own. So I think there is a leapfrog advantage in terms of technology and the way we have implemented things in the last 30 years or so. And blockchain will enable fa faster, better, simpler, more secure, more consent-based. 
improvement on the current state of business processes. And furthermore, it'll help us monetize things that we have not been able to monetize as of today. So we're talking about tokenization. We're talking about creating virtual assets from physical assets, something that uh, Zach alluded to earlier. All right, so our listeners have been on their edge of the seat so long about this event, they're about ready to fall off. So uh, we, tell us about the event. We need to, we got a couple minutes left. We're going to open it up to the roundtable. So, right on. Yeah. yeah. So this is a program called Blockchain Strategy for Business Leaders, and it's an intensive 13-module program, three days at the end of July, July 31st to August 2nd. And what we did is uh, while I was looking to study the space, I started to understand that, there are some issues in understanding the impact of blockchain. Why do we have all these confusing conversations? Why does everybody get lost in the noise? Uh, and what happens when when you start to talk about blockchain and, and the conversation just goes round and round without any real conclusions? So what I said is let's study different areas. And so in this program, we combine not only the technology basics of cryptography and, and blockchain architecture, but we also look to understand uh, disruption models, innovation models, ecosystem design, uh, major trends like decentralization and and identity. Uh, And then we like to connect those with real use cases. We we show you real-term use cases, what companies are using today. Uh, So we look at real estate, supply chain, advertising, financial services, gaming, etc. A number of different uh, industries. And then eventually we help you design your own use cases and then lead you to design your own business models and you could create business ventures out of that. So if you look at it in three days time, you'll be competent to design your own blockchain-based business cases uh, and use cases and create business models out of uh, this program. All right, and uh, we're just pulling up your website here, so that's where people can uh, find, because the, the, the hyperlink we'll put in the show notes for people to get tickets and to register and so forth, but the easier way, I just looked at your website, they can go to uh, intuitfactory.com and click on blockchain strategy education, right? Right, and this program is partnered with Robinson College of Business. That's our shared connection with the other two wonderful guests here. So uh, you can also go to robinson.gsu.edu. Uh, slash blockchain strategy and uh, they've been wonderful in, in promoting this and 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 i find it very in, in exciting and encouraging that now business schools are getting into uh, teaching this the right way all right so um let's open it up for a discussion here and uh gentlemen let's bring you guys back in uh zach and jack or john whoever we want to <laughs> join there's like uh, now there's six of us in the studio all of a sudden yeah <laughs> Uh, so y'all's thoughts uh, as we kind of wrap things up here on uh, the earlier conversation, uh, this event, what's what's next for you guys, what's cooking, all that good stuff. Well, I'll start by saying it's inspiring to hear Roop speak, and I think what he's doing is so valuable in this space. I talk to a lot of people who are business leaders um, who still just don't understand blockchain. Mm-hmm. They hear about it occasionally on CNBC when, you know, when things are bullish. <laughs> and then <laughs> other than that, it's like they know Bitcoin. They maybe have heard of one or two other cryptocurrencies, but that's about the extent. And I think in terms of, you know, 
helping businesses understand how blockchain can be implemented into their current business models and then all of the new business models that we're seeing emerging. Um, I think it's a really exciting time to be in the space. I think in 2017, those people who were involved in the space and, you know, we saw incredible surges uh, in the overall crypto market. There were a lot of businesses, a lot of um, projects that did ICOs that were purporting to fix all of basically all of society's woes. And after the crash, kind of the, the bear market of 2018, I think these people that have been in the space for a while are a little more skeptical, right? Because it's one thing to have a great idea right. about what how blockchain could impact the world. And it's another thing to be able to lay out a solid business plan and bring together a team that can actually make that a reality. So I think what Rube is doing in terms of education from an education perspective is so valuable and needed and hats off to you, man. That's, that's amazing. Um, yeah, thanks. I think I agree with you that there are a lot of skeptics and the more I talk to business leaders about it, one thing is clear that they get lost in noise. They don't, you know, to study or understand this, you can sit and spend six to nine months uh, learning all different aspects of it and then, and then be creative about where the world would go. Um, or you could start, uh, focusing your uh, education in this space. And one thing that I find often is business leaders are trying to understand why this is important, not just how. So if you come from a technical background, you can understand the how relatively easily. And uh, larger companies have figured out the how. They have resources to spend on it, so they can spin up a blockchain, um, at least you know a private permission one, uh, within their supply chain partners in a matter of weeks. But the question they still struggle with is why? Why should we do it? What's the use case here? What's the ROI? And one of the critical factors there is that they look at the world as it is today. They have a very current state view of it, not as the world what it's going to be tomorrow. And that's where we can help them leapfrog into a different vision where they are not constrained by the current state. Yeah, speaking of the future, so Zach, what are your thoughts real quick on what uh, Roop's predictions in the 10 years, either in the blockchain or from y'all's perspective from cryptocurrency? You concur with some of those? Or oh, you absolutely. add or subtract? Or, uh... Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, so... He, Rup actually talked about the individual's ability to take control of their yeah. data. And what we're going to see is these individuals monetizing this data and earning an income off of it. Wow. So for the individual, it's quite meaningful. Um, and it will get more and more, um, uh, I guess, more and more momentum as the companies start offering more and more services that they can use. And that will be a motivator to move away from Facebook and use another social media platform where you control your data and the advertisers pay you to use the social network. So you're predicting uh, what we're currently experiencing is this new phenomenon that's a resurgence or uh, epic proportions of the, what they call the gig economy. You're thinking we're going to be looking at a blockchain economy. Yeah, very much so. Um, I'm going to get a little bit deeper in the weeds here. So there really is a data revolution going on here. Mm -hmm. For the first time ever in history, we are putting data publicly in a very universal format. So entertained connections can happen, and now we can analyze data on a global basis uh, fairly easy. In the past, it's always been siloed, controlled by the company. Now Mm -hmm. it's public in a usable format. And it's so meaningful, especially as AI develops, which is another big piece of this space. So now AI can utilize AI will be our next episode or whatever. Yeah, huge, (laughs) huge, huge opportunity. Well, from a layman's perspective, what I'm hearing uh, from y'all 
is um, not just the predictions, which is very interesting and compelling, but this premise of data was always controlled by uh, governments, entities, organizations, or just uh, fragmented or whatever, right? So what you're saying is for the first time, there's this connectivity, you know, globally, and, um, and, and that's what we're kind of seeing some of the results of it or the capabilities, right? Yeah, it's global, and it's been put, to, put in place through protocols, which are software programs, yeah. right, that are replacing the third party. They're replacing the chase, the fidelities of the world that are controlling and, and securing transactions. Um, what's even more uh, exciting about all this is <laughs> they're, using, they're trying to develop more and more protocols to cut out more and more of the processes that maybe the individual might be wow. in the company itself. So the the sky is you know the limit sort of so to speak, but there's so much potential here that uh, people do not understand because it's hard to conceptualize, and even the people in the space cannot describe it to you because it's evolving so quickly. Right. Yeah, that's true. It, it's this is just the beginning, and I feel like this is the second wave. Right. So, exactly. You yeah. Know, if we started in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, this is the second wave of evolution, and we've seen a lot of maturation of the uh, of the space. We've seen a lot of consolidation. We've seen a lot of projects die, um, and rightly so. And we've seen a lot of uh, projects come out and and deliver. Uh, uh, POCs and experiments uh, that are actually creating value now. And one of the things I wanted to touch on, um, Zach, what you said. So I think if you've been uh, looking at news, Facebook's announcement of Libra has yeah, has, I heard about that. That yeah, was crazy, right? Yeah, it's uh, to me, it's an inflection in in the adoption of the space, and we it, can probably have a whole episode talking about what that means and what it what it impact well, it would have. It, but it it'll make it mainstream for sure. Yeah, we're definitely running a little bit over, but but for a listener perspective, Libra is they're developing a cryptocurrency on their platform. Yeah, yep. which is pretty pretty wild. Well, where it's, uh, maybe a teaser for next show is we'll hear about what Amazon's how they where they're they got to be playing in this space, right? Yes or yes. Yeah. So if you okay, look at way. if you look <laughs> that at was the teaser for next episode. So we're, <laughs> I hate to cut you off here, but I had to say maybe and yes, <laughs> right? Maybe and yes. They already yeah. have patents in <laughs> no, it. Exactly. Yeah, I bet you they have been. DLT in there. So so, um, so y'all spoke. Uh, you get uh, real briefly your your lunch and learn event that you guys did. Tell us about that again. Yeah, so we actually did blockchain uh, real-world use cases where we identified uh, five or six projects, and we actually walked the uh, students and the other uh, participants through how the, the technology is being used to solve real-world problems. Right. Um, so try to make more sense. We try to simplify it. We got away from the developer talk because mm-hmm. it's quite confusing for an yeah. average person like me. Not make more sense, but more coin. Or uh, and then uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. From an investment standpoint, <laughs> hello. I'll, I'll go off a little tangent here. Yeah. On an investment standpoint, this is, uh, the modeling here is very similar to the dot coms in the nineties. Yeah, oh, totally. we had a That's spike what... in December two thousand seventeen. Right, ninety three to ninety four. There was a huge downturn from uh, IPO dot com companies, right. and then the banks bought them up. And it happened in two thousand eighteen. Banks bought up Bitcoin like crazy. So you had a six year run in the dot coms. Yeah, investment. I mean, just jump in the space, sit back. It's risky. Let, let it ride. Yeah. Uh, John's grin, grinning it. over there. Yeah. <laughs> I can go off on this all day. Yeah, yeah. Don't invest so more I, than you can afford to lose. That's <laughs> right. the old adage. Exactly. Right. It's true. And so, Rup, I don't know if you have any more speaker spots open, but uh, I would encourage you to invite these guys to be Oh, the absolutely. Event I, whatever, I, yeah. I see a lot because of collaboration here, and, and that's what's needed in this space for sure. You know, the way I would like to end is there are two options you have. One is you can be a spectator and watch this game, and some of you have been watching this game play out on your screen since 2009, and you've been interested and curious, but you haven't taken a jump. 
Or you could be a player playing the game on the field, figuring out the plays and seeing what works and what doesn't and creating the space as we go along. I'll be the player, I think, is what I want to do. Yeah. I'll tell you what. <laughs> they always call me the player. I would say if you can't be the player, just be the cowboy or something. Get in the club. <laughs> be as close <laughs> as possible. I thought, said cow- I thought you said cowboy. No, no, cowboy. cowboy. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, soon. And at the event, uh, check that out, uh, July 31st, August 2nd. Uh, we'll have all the uh, information on the show notes. Uh, we'll see you next time on the uh, Georgia Podcast. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel, we thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.